From born in the USA to death to my hometown, this is you, Spring and Springsteen on my bean. The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things brutes. This is good rock and roll. Uh, music. Hey, welcome to the show. Uh, we have a great episode for you today. Please, please don't press stop. Please, we were begging you, don't press stop on this. Can you press stop on podcasts? I thought they everyone had to listen to them <laughs> all the way through all the time. No, there's a little button, and it's it's uh, it's easy to miss because it's only spelled S-T-O-P. It's a very short word. Uh, huh. You know, it's not like rewind or oh, fast forward. Oh, that's how you spell it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wait, you, Sorry, I'm mix, I've been mixed up. What did you? How did you think stop was spelled? Well, the thing is, I didn't know. Oh. And I always felt weird about it. So it could have been any combination of letters. Could be any combination of letters. I know. I listen. I think you know I'm a really good speller, <laughs> right? Uh, I don't know. I've never tested you out. Do you want me to? Okay. Test well, you out. Well, let's try something. Okay. Simple. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hat. Uh, hat, hat. Can you say it in a sentence, please? Uh, look at that hat. Uh, look. Uh, L. No, no, no. You don't need to do all the rest. Don't need to do the rest of the words. Although I'm glad that you got look. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I told someone you. say. I told you. I know what I'm doing. Someone say harder than hat, but no. You uh, really. I'm just looking for the word hat. Harder. H a r d e r. Okay, you're anything else? You're doing every other word other doing than the one. D o i n g. Thank you very much. Okay. How about okay? Okay. Uh, okay. Let's see here. Um, this, this is a pretty easy chica, one. Let me chica, chica, let me give chica. you a clue. Chica, chica. Yep. It's in the pronunciation of the word. In the pronounce p pronunciation p r o n u n c a t i o n pronunciate is that was that <laughs> I lost track Mist, missed right an in the I. yeah missed an I but well that's I okay. told you um it's uh can I give you a clue it starts with the letter o o I'm looking uh, oh, for the word okay. Oh, O-H uh, is how you spell Like that, you're uh, using it as a word. Oh, O-H. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Looking for the word okay, though, not for the word O. Okay. Let's see. Okay. How do let, you let me give you another clue. Okay. You've said it several times recently. Said it. S-A-I-D. <laughs> Uh, what, what have I said? Oh, what I've said it several times recently. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Said that many, many times. That's right. We're seeing each other finally uh, right after Thanksgiving. And how was your turkey day, brah? Mm. You know what I love on Thanksgiving? What's that? Is just sitting down and eating uh, dinner with friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I feel like the stuffing, it's mm. like, yeah, I know it's the stuffing for the turkey but sometimes i feel like it was stuffing for me because i am just like stuffed to the gills man you said it i think around six o'clock it's time to unbutton that top button on on, on my, your shirt on my trousers <laughs> on, and on my shirt because my neck you're unbuttoning gets so thick okay you're unbuttoning your trousers 
Maybe your belt? I can understand. Okay, your belt. <laughs> everyone, everyone at the table's like, put your penis away, dude. <laughs> and by the way, when I do? say six o'clock, I mean six a.m. Isn't that what you do when you get <laughs> super full? Is you take out your penis and just let it relax? <laughs> just get it some air. Oh. Like, oh my god, I'm oh, stuffed. So here's my penis. <laughs> what does everyone think of this? <laughs> Have you ever uh, hmm. do, do you get ratings on your penis? Do you oh, when you when you're with a, a person? I know mm-hmm. that you're a married man. And mm-hmm. It doesn't happen anymore. But back in the day, did you ever like uh, when Every especially single when, time. when you broke up? Especially it was like, hey, before I leave, yeah, can I get, can a, I get rating? a quick <laughs> a quick rating a on quick that peen? One through four stars. <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay, take care. <laughs> take care. <laughs> Ah, uh, oh boy, Ah, oh boy. Well, welcome back. It it truly is uh, December. Yeah, and no, um, it's yeah, it yeah, is. it is. Yeah, Thanksgiving and is in far. It's in, in the, the rear past. view. Not far, but yeah, certainly. If uh, I was looking in a rear view mirror right now, if I was driving some sort of car, why that would had a you rear view mirror? That? Why would you ever do something? Look like in the rear view mirror. Even drive a car. What? I am so sorry. Is this an episode of Why Would You Drive a Car? <laughs> I think it might be. Maybe you can drive my car. And maybe I love you. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Why Would You Ever Drive a Car? This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're just wondering... Why? What? To what end? Where are you going? Wait, wait bro. Didn't you bro. Buy, bro, didn't you buy a house? Yeah, stay there. Stay in your fucking house, bro. <laughs> where, where, you, where are you where, going? Where the fuck do you think you're going? Hey, 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 hey. Where are you going? If you're driving right now, get the fuck out. <laughs> pull don't over. Even, don't even tr- don't even pull over. Just open the car get door. Out. Just fall out of the car like Indiana Jones. Yes, just get out. Barrel roll and just keep going. Get was out he, of it. Was Indiana Go jo- home. Did Indiana Jones was he? He just would open car doors and just barrel roll out. Yeah, I don't think I remember he him ever, being dragged by cars. He dragged by a car, but he mostly he just jumps out. But why would you ever drive a car? Why? <laughs> he had it right. Turns out. Turns out. Like, Be dragged by a car? Sure. Driving one? Get get out get, of there. Get, get out of there. Cut it out immediately. Go home. Go home. Just go home. Go. Go home. Don't home. talk to anyone. Right now. Go home. Shut up. Go, Go home. home. Bye. Bye. I like that one. Well, it's an interesting position. <laughs> you know, they say take a strong position when you're yeah. debating something. Even if you don't believe it. I don't know if those guys believe it. Listening but. to that episode, I have zero doubt what their position is. <laughs> sure. I come away with it knowing where they're coming from, yep, they which don't, is good podcasting. They, they don't want anyone to drive a car. No. <laughs> Doesn't well, seem to be coming from an environmental place. What the world would be better if everyone just one day, yeah, just got up in the morning and said, "Oh God, you know that car out in my driveway? Mm. I'm gonna throw it away. Yeah, throw it in the garbage. Throw it in the garbage can. Bye bye. Bye." And then everyone just was like. I don't need to go. Like, what's the furthest you could walk? Well, the thing is, eventually everyone would be like, whoa, I fucking threw my car away. I got to get an, and then everyone would have to go get another car. Yeah. Which is expensive. So good for the economy. Good for the economy. And all the other cars could 
go and finally live free. They'd live in that Cars universe with yes. Lightning McQueen. And they'd all talk. It'd be so fucking It'd be cute. so fucking good. Uh, yeah, yeah, that Cars universe is probably a universe where everyone woke up one day and threw away those cars. Yeah, that's how that, that's the origin story. Yeah. That's the prequel. That and they're, they're all making. like, open their eyes, boink. And we're like, oh, thank God. Oh, we we're free. don't have to pretend to be inanimate anymore. And then all the cars we're using right now are the replacement cars. Yeah. You know, for uh, uh, inanimate objects, yeah. cars, they tend to move around a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know I, if inanimate is, is exactly the, exact the right, right word. word. When you're talking about a Ferrari. <laughs> oh, uh, Ferrari. Not the first word that comes to mind. Thank you. No. By the way, Ferrari. Yeah. I love films. Yes. Hey everyone, welcome to I Love Films. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And a little thing that um, we did yeah. right before. Oh, baby. Right did before we Thanksgiving ever. break, we went to go see a movie called Ferrari. Speaking of, how did I get there? How did you get there? Drove a car. Drove a car. Yep. Yep. We drove separate cars. Separate too. cars. Two cars. Two car. It was a two car system that we used. That's right. One car driving you, one car driving me. Yep. It was like. Are we going to go to this movie? Yes, we are. Meet you there. I'm going to drive a car. How you getting there? I'm, I'm also going to drive a car. Yeah, two cars. Our cars, we didn't meet at the same time, just bumping <laughs> no, into each no, other. No, 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 no. <laughs> That would be great. Anytime you met someone, you were just, just like, bump. <laughs> just had to ram into each and other. And then before you go have lunch or go to a movie or whatever you're meeting up for, you have to go to the auto shop and get <laughs> yeah. it fixed. And all exchange insurance information right. and everything. But uh, yeah, anyway, it was good, right? Uh, yeah, Ferrari. I liked it. Yeah. Ferrari. Ferrari. It was sort of the unofficial sequel to House of Gucci in a way. I feel like it was the sequel to uh, Ferrari. Ford, Ford versus, versus Ferrari. Ford. Isn't it weird? There's a movie one year called Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. Then the next year they're like, hey, Ford, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Move to the left. Go, 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 go. Just go. out of frame. Go home. And they're like, okay, Ferrari, what's next? A movie called Ford? Listen, it would blow my mind, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't surprise me at all, because uh, I was really interested in that guy. Ford? Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford? What if the whole movie is him (laughs) slow motion falling downstairs? (laughs) Into a Ferrari. (laughs) And going beep, beep, and driving away. (laughs) The end. (laughs) This is a two-minute movie? the Oscars. (laughs) Yeah, and that's what he says as he's driving away. See you at the Oscars! This is a two-minute movie. I paid oh. $23 to go see this. Yeah, but if you put it in slow motion, it's two and a half hours. That's a good point. That's Oscars. The slowest of motions. Uh, but I did like Ferrari very much. It was a good movie. Michael Mann. Good movie. Good movie. <laughs> good movie. Uh, and then afterwards, there was a Q&A. Yeah. We, we saw uh, David O. Russell interviewing uh, the man himself. Michael. Michael Mann. Michael. Superhero. Michael Mann. <laughs> Michael Mann. Um, and, uh, 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 yeah, Michaelman. And, uh, he was, uh, he's great. He's, Heat is a movie he's made. You got to get in Heat too. Uh, man, I read that book. Did I know we you already did. Talk we about already this? talked about okay, this. Okay, all right. I swear, but there's a part in there for you where just like a uh, uh, someone's roommate who's just constantly jerking off. Maybe I play, <laughs> maybe I play William Fickner's character's roommate. Yes. He died in the first one, his character, but I think we've of, talked about this. Part of Heat 2 is a prequel, so maybe I could be like his roommate who's constantly masturbating. What, what if you played the, uh, uh, you know, Al Pacino 
in heat. Yeah, yeah. What if you played the person that he was talking about? He's got a great ass. <laughs> you just see you walking your little butt away from the camera. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and then, Check this out. It, it, that's my cameo. <laughs> cameo. Uh, yeah. Heat two. Coming right up. Stay tuned. Heat two. Stay tuned for heat two. Um, Do you think they'll make it into a movie? I feel like yeah, we've already think, had this conversation. I know we have. Adam Driver is the lead in it. Oh, really? They are making it? I think they've alluded to the fact that they are Man, making that it. That would be awesome. You got to get in it, bro. How do we get you in this? I want to go see that movie. First of all, I think you you picketing it at the studios was a bad move. Yeah. Because now they're Just like, saying, do not make this movie. <laughs> That's what you were picketing against? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> and then they said, no, we're going to make it. And I'm like, can I be in it? Here's my problem with Heat 2. Yeah. That too. It's like, yeah. you know, what's really hot is like, 87, 92, mm. 93, 94. Like, and if you're talking the human body temperature, 101. F- 451 if you want to burn paper. Yeah. But two? It's not very hot. It's pretty cold. Oh, you actually. mean it's a low number? Yeah. I would say it's cold too. I get that. They could call it uh, heated. Yes. Or like, do it like alien and aliens. Heats. Heats. That's cool. That's fucking really That's cool. That's cool. Should we have stood up during Michael Mann's Q&A and yeah. said, hey, 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 shut hey, up for a second. Hey, hey. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Hey, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Listen to us Listen right to now. Us. <laughs> you know your, your dumbass book, Heat 2? Call it Heats. Heats. Bye. Bye-bye. And then we walk. <laughs> we walk. We storm out. People are like, the Q&A just started. We did have to leave because- uh, If we anyone were, saw us there, we were in our- But we stayed for like, I don't know, 45 minutes of the Q&A, but I had to go home. I had to it, get out of there. It was a, a, a long movie and a long Q&A and seemed, seemed a little uh, like it wasn't a incredibly, not. I, I don't want to say well-prepared Q&A, but it was just a little all over the place. <laughs> Which is super fun and- yes. There are no two better directors in the world, but yes. I, I had to I had to go. But it was very funny. David O. Russell would just bring up something that he loved about the movie. Yeah. No question. And Michael Mann would go, is there a question there? Yeah. And he'd go, hmm, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'd look down back at his notes yeah. and then just bring up something else he loved about the movie. But I have to say the things he was pointing out were incredible things sure they were great but it's just very funny that he yeah he 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 was was like a fan he was a fan but he was also bringing him up hoping michael mann would talk expound expound and go like oh yeah that's you know yeah we did it this way because (laughs) and instead michael mann just goes like get to your question right 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 (laughs) yeah it was funny okay bye bye good app yeah, really dove in. And they're talking about recent films, too, not just... Yeah. Uh, and uh, maybe Heat 2. It sounds like they may have something to do with uh, making it. Sounds like, like they're they, producing it. They or something. have something to do with uh, producing the title of it, at least. That's cool. That's so cool. Those guys are so cool. Yeah. Those guys, like the guys that host I Love Films, they might be the coolest guys in the world. Coolest podcasters ever. Ever since... Uh, Obama and uh, yeah. what's Springsteen? Oh yeah, yeah. Springsteen and Obama. Are we going to do an episode on that podcast series? <laughs> like, I would have to listen to it. <laughs> I listened. I think I listened to the first one. I was like, hmm. Mm, so you you guys love America, huh? <laughs>
God, maybe you love I the didn't. promise of America, but you think the execution is that's what I'm guessing it's about. I may be thinking of uh, cereal book or something. Mm. Anyway, anyway, those guys are really cool. You're right. Oh, man. Scott and Scott. You know what? I'll tell you what. Men want to be them. Women want to fuck them. <laughs> it's just that and vice sort versa. of age old thing. Yeah. Men want to be them and fuck them. Women want to fuck them and then be them. That is that is where that phraseology came from, I think, mm-hmm. is from the I Love Films <laughs> <Yes>. hosts. <laughs> That's where that was uh, what, originated who, from. Do, do you remember the first person they said that about? It seems like it was like a movie star like Steve McQueen or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. And what and what did people say about your acting style? Uh <laughs> Men want to get away from that from him, and women want to get further away from him. Ah, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Um, hey, let's introduce ourselves. Yeah, have we not done that? We have not done that. Um, across from me, you know him. We can finally talk about his credits because the strike oh, is finally. over. Finally, you know him from the upcoming. He's in the trailer that was just released, maybe a few, a couple weeks ago. You know him. Sorry, did you get a little uh, mosquito bite? I did. Here? Yeah, I saw one flying around here. Is Sorry that what that was? That. Yeah. You want me to suck out the poison? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, here we go. Oh my God, it's gone. But now I have a giant hickey on my arm. <laughs> Sorry. Um, um, yeah, the trailer just released called Kiss of the Spider Women. Now, what is it called? Kiss of the Spider Women. Kiss of the Spider Women. But you play uh, you play an EMT mm-hmm. in this new Spider Man movie, mm-hmm. and everyone it, has your character been revealed? I don't know because everyone says who you are. Right. I don't know if it's a, an official an official thing. reveal. Yeah. Can I say who who they say you are? Sure. Remember we talked about your uh, your bad character names mm-hmm. in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. This one's kind of memorable. Mm-hmm. Ben Parker. Interesting. Interesting. Alive in this movie, which implies that it takes place prior to the recent Spider-Man movies. Mm. Unless, they never talk about it, unless he just divorced Aunt May. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Just (laughs) divorced her and left her (laughs) to go be a sexy EMT. There's some, um, I'm not saying that's who I'm playing in the movie, but that character has been alluded to vaguely a couple times. Yeah. In like a different way than they were in the, like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Exactly, because, you know, uh, spoilers for the recent Spider-Man movies. Uh, in the old Spider-Man movies, in the in the comics, Ben Parker's the one who says, as he's dying, like, oh, fuck, I've been shot. Fuck, fuck, I'm gonna die. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> Did you right. fucking call 911? And, and that Spider-Man became... mishears it. <laughs> And thinks he's saying, with great power comes That's right. great responsibility. But in the new movies, Aunt May is the one who who uh, says it That's to him. That's right. Uh, so Uncle Ben, uh, it's not he's not just making rice, if you know what I mean. What does that mean? Uncle Ben's rice. Oh, Uncle Ben, yeah. He's out there saving lice. I mean lives. I and to make saving lice. <laughs> he's kind of a weird guy. He saves lice in this movie. That's right. Lice man. I mean, it's just Ooh, as good as Spider-Man, idea. right? That's a good idea. Yeah. Anyway, so Ben Parker, I'm presuming you get shot in the face. Why do you say that? 
Well, because Ben, Uncle Ben dies in the comics, so I'm I'm imagining this is a prequel but white to in these. the face. <laughs> I imagine you say three words and people are like, it's not even a dangerous situation with like a robber. People are just like, shut the fuck shut up. Shut up. <laughs> um, but you can't comment on this, is that right? I I don't I don't even know. Kiss of the Spider Women coming Kiss of the out. Spider Woman. Coming out. Uh, you know him from these movies, Adam Scott. Hi. Hi. Um, can I tell you about something? Do you want to introduce me? Uh, Scott Ackerman. <laughs> Spider-Man <Thanks>. himself. <laughs> That's right. In my backyard, I have a mole right now. Have you ever had one? Um, who am I? Cindy Crawford? <laughs> <laughs> Not that guy. Uh, okay. No, uh, I don't think that we've had... We, we used to have some in our old place, yes. It's a real pain in the ass. Yeah, especially if you sit down on one. Boy. But they tear up like they there's yeah. trails going all over the they really ruin everything. Yeah. So what do you do in this situation? You get someone to come trap it and take it away and like an, a sexy mole to like wear a dress right. and be like, Come here, boys. That's right. You get a honeypot. <laughs> there, isn't that what they call it? A uh-huh. honeypot? Yeah. Um honeypot mole. Honeypot mole. Um honeypot, honeypot, <laughs> honeypot mole. Uh yeah. And then they take it because I don't want you can't you don't want to put poison around because that fucks up no. the entire it also fucks up the mole yeah which they, if but I they mean, trap maybe it and goal. they just take it and bring it out like you know somewhere where no one will care if there's a mole digging around so they j- where is this place is this where all the old cars are as well yep it's actually a, a mole kind of stomp their stomping grounds hey i have news for you by the way yeah this guy, our mutual friend of ours, uh-huh. you convinced me that it was his birthday yesterday. No, I told you it was in May. Oh, shit. How did you find out? Because <laughs> he just wrote back. Oh, I, fuck. I was like, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I feel so like I'm so glad I didn't pull the trigger on that $150 edible arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> Why it's a, is it's it May in my 4th. calendar? I don't know, but I embarrassed myself on the group chain. By well, saying, you can't. By saying, sorry, I missed your birthday. It was yesterday. <sighs> oh, you know what? Uh, maybe one of his, his daughters just. Oh. Is that what it is? I don't know. I think it it might be related to his daughter. Oh, shit. Right. Anyway, thanks for nothing. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> May 4th. Uh, did you want to tell me something? That's very different than November, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Did you want to tell me, uh, uh, before you introduced me, you were like, hey, I want to, uh, 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 hey, hey, one thing I wanted to say was, uh, uh, ahem, ahem. Uh, what are you, yeah, what, what are you doing? I'm changing his birthday on my calendar. <laughs> um, no. Uh, yes, I wanted to talk about the mole. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about the mole? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That is it. Um, so what did you do? You, you still? I don't the know. Mole? Someone's coming out, uh, and they're gonna take care of it today. Today, while you're here, so you're gonna go back home. You're gonna be moleless. I don't know. I, I don't. You've know. given up on I've life. Given up. It seems like yeah, the mole can have it. <laughs> the mole can have my wife, my kids. What if I'm? What if take my moles, please? <laughs> what if your wife comes home today? And you're no, you're nowhere to be seen, and yeah. there's just a mole in your clothes. He's like, "Hey, <laughs> Adam said I could have all this." 
Hey, with my <laughs> luck, she wouldn't know the difference. Whoa! Oh, Adam, oh, Adam, oh, Adam, oh, Adam, oh. I've had all kinds of things in the backyard. Like what? Like Man, what? we had rabbits that were shitting everywhere and the dogs would eat the shit and then they would get sick. You ever had that? You had, happen? Hold on, let me parse this. You're, you had dog. You had rabbits that what? Rabbits shit everywhere in, your... in the backyard. What are they shitting. doing? These they... are rabbits you own, or rabbits just coming by? Yeah, these are rabbits I own. <laughs> these are rabbits, wild rabbits. They come in the backyard and they shit all over the lawn like pellets. Yeah, and and you rabbit think... shit? I guess looks is really delicious. Sweet. <laughs> and dogs love the smell of it, so they. When you eat say it. dogs, you mean you, me, and then they get sick because it's shit, right? So I had that going on for a while, and then uh, we had coyotes come and fuck around for a while. It was what is going on in your backyard? I that don't these, know. These animals love to be there. I don't know. You know what happened with us? What? So my one of my dogs, I'm walking it, and twice in a day. It takes a shit. Yeah. And it's totally bright purple. Hmm. That's not the usual color of no. shit. Shit is usually, if you haven't seen it out there, it's usually like a brown, like a chocolatey brown. Yeah, but if it's purple, it's it's beautiful. Oh, it was gorgeous. Yeah. No, I I framed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Took several pictures. <laughs> And framed through those, actual, through those, threw away. those away, deleted them, <laughs> framed the actual shit. Yep. No, it was gorge. It was re- it was so bright and neon and beautiful. Huh. And um, I'm like, what the hell? What's, What's going, going on, on here? Yeah. Flashback to <laughs> the day before. Uh, our our daughter is is uh, drawing with crayons. Oh no! And and drops one, and we can't find it. Like uh. like literally drops it. We both go down to the floor to look for it. It's yeah. nowhere to be seen anymore. Yeah. Ate the crayon. Oh, God damn it. Dogs will eat anything. Isn't that weird? Yeah. So far, just so far in this conversation, crayons, <laughs> rabbit shit. <laughs> Is this an episode of Dogs Will Eat Anything? Yeah. everyone welcome to dogs will eat anything this is scott and this is scott and previously on dogs will eat anything <laughs> crayons and rabbit shit okay so what else do we got yeah what what else will dogs eat um dog food yeah uh ham ham yeah um Alpo, Alpo dog food. Oh, that's I guess that counts in oh, dog food. Oh, uh, roast beef, roast beef. Um, pure, oh, uh, Purina. No, yeah. no, no. I'm thinking of cats. Sorry. No, Purina. They make Purina dog dog food. chow. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah. then yeah, they'll eat Purina. Um. Oh, dog treats. Dog treats. Um. Uh, chicken. No. Chicken treats, treats that are made for dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, turkey leg uh, shaped biscuits. Yeah. Made for dogs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, dogs shaped <laughs> dog treats? Yeah. Oh, it's really annoying. Shoes uh, shaped, shaped dog, dog treats. treats. 
<laughs> also, a couch shaped, shaped dog treat. It's <laughs> a good episode, but we have to go. Oh no, let's go. <laughs> oh, go. Interesting episode. <laughs> Those that, guys. that just like dissolved. <laughs> they were being chased or something. I have to say, while they were recording, it I don't didn't know what... make a ton of sense. <laughs> I, don't I don't know that I'm gonna <laughs> subscribe necessarily, uh, but right. I'll listen to the next one. I to see definitely what... will be listening. Just it was loyal cliffhanger. Oh my gosh, um, Adam. Yeah, we're we're recording today because we're talking about a a, 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 a gentleman ah. a true gentleman with the manners of an impeccable statesman hmm. thank you no we're not talking about you okay <laughs> we're talking about a guy named Bruce Springsteen oh shit yeah and we're talking about uh an album yeah by the name of the rising yeah and um can i say can i just I guess, say i guess springsteen fan since i discovered nebraska as a teen right but it wasn't you until, discovered it too like it was buried somewhere. it was buried deep in the backyard of a friend of mine yeah named little Stephen. <laughs> you grew uh, up next door that's right and you were a member of the e street band i was well. in the e street band right um but it wasn't until the rising that I deep dove and became uh, more of a serious fan. Mm-hmm. This well, album sucked me in. We're going to talk about it, but we need to take a break. This album is 21 years old. How about that? Hey, it can finally drink. <laughs> <laughs> we can go I party with this album. I don't think albums Just kidding. should actually drink. Nope. Um, we have to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about the rising. That's right. We'll see you on you, Spring and Springsteen on my bean. We'll be right back. Bye. Welcome back. You, Spring and Springsteen on my bean. Do, 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 do. We're talking about Bruce Springsteen today. Uh, owner and proprietor of the Edible Street Band. You know how some bands, like, mm. when their lead singer doesn't want to do stuff with them anymore? Like uh, Elvis Costello and the Attractions. Like, they put out a record as the Attractions. They East, did? Yeah. East Street Band never did this. What album was that? Sad About the Girl, I think it was Is called. It, who sang? Uh, that's a good question. They were also the backing band for uh for uh <laughs> weren't they the band for a Huey Lewis album didn't they play on a Huey Lewis record no i'll tell you what you're thinking of because we talked to Huey about this on our sister yeah, show what, what, wait this, is this an episode of Huey talking Huey yeah. to me yeah they say the
From back in time to a hundred years from now, I think is what I what I used to say. This is Huey talking Huey Tui me, the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things Huey Lewis in the news. This is good rock and roll music. Um so Yeah, what was that? Okay, Huey Lewis moved to England and he was in a band called Clover. Yeah. And Clover was the backing oh. group for Elvis Costello's first record. That's before what it was. the attractions. That's what it was. Bye. Bye. They say the harder rock and roll is to be. And from what I've seen, I believe them. Now the other may be barely breathing. But the harder rock and roll, harder rock and roll is to be done. Informative ah, ep. Very good episode of that show. <laughs> As that show goes, oh. they, they had one episode with Jimmy Kimmel and Huey Lewis as the guests. This one was way better. <laughs> loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. Um, but yeah, the E Street Band, they never um, never just were like, you know who just went solo? Little Steven. Let's get him to sing. I feel like Bruce Springsteen probably owns the E Street Band. Trademark? Yeah. I don't know. I wonder. I wonder if like Little Steven could have just been like, we're putting on an E Street Band record, and I'm singing. I Bye, would bitch. imagine he did because, like, you know how like Bon Jovi owns Bon Jovi LLC and the name of the band and pays the band members as his employees. Uh yeah, because you and I are both paid by him every month. Yep, of course, and I appreciate it very much. <laughs> we have no talent, but he, but you play keyboards uh, <laughs> and I play lead guitar, <laughs> and he loves it in that band. Um, yeah, I wonder if he owned the trademark and wouldn't let everyone else do it. Who knows? Uh, I heard a thing, um, and I'll tell you after. Okay. I was going to say, let's cut this out, and I was going to tell you something. No, but I'll just I, ask you after. Yeah. How about that? Oh, man. I got to hear what this is. This is. I'm going to forget. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll, I'll remind you. Give me some clues of how to remind you. Like, give me some some trigger words that'll remind you of what you're talking about um uh, hawaii hawaii uh average rainfall uh, 7.9 inches average rainfall 7.9 inches uh per week per week um a lot of rain per week uh shoot shoe size shoe size ten and a half ten and a half uh circular Firing squad, circular firing squad. Um, God, how this this walk what, backwards, walk three backwards. point nine miles. Three point nine. This uh, is an amazing story. Take a left, and then wait from walking backwards. That um, would be, uh, you know, tuna salad sandwich. Tuna salad sandwich. Okay, I'll say okay. all those Thank things, you. and that'll remind you of what the story's about. Thank you. Okay, great. Um, we're talking about Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Adam, we on our last episode we talked about very scary title, <laughs> the ghost of Tom Jones. Frightening. We barely got through it in two hours and fifteen minutes. <laughs> barely got through it because of how scary. <laughs> how it was. scary yeah. was? Yeah. Well, that was why that episode was so long. It's interesting though that album. I think back on it so fondly, but going through it. I feel like I like it less than I thought I did. Maybe. Even though there's so much great stuff on it and everything, it just wasn't the slam dunk that you would think it was. Well, you know, and I, I feel like we've talked about, have we talked about that 
on this show, a, people call things a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. That's only two points. No, I feel like I've talked about this on my other show. Scott hasn't seen. That's uh, only two points. Yeah, two points. People should say that's a three pointer with three the foul. Point. That's a three point with a foul. <laughs> sure, let's do that from let's, now on. Yeah, let's do that from yeah. now on. That's a four point opportunity. Yeah, that's great. That rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it does. That's a tattoo, is what that is. <laughs> um. Anyway. When we left off, let's see, Bruce was doing The Ghost of Tom Joad. He put that record out mm-hmm. that you seem to be a little iffy on. Well, and by the way, when we get to the end of the discography, we're going to rank all the albums. People it's are- gr- I mean, it's great. It's just not as... Uh, anyway, whatever. So he he goes and does that, and he goes on tour, does the solo tour. Have you heard any of those solo shows, by from the way? Ghost of- from Ghost Tom of Joad? Tom Joad, yeah. No. They're really good. Yeah, I would imagine. I got to send you some of these. How do what I send band you some? did he have with him? He's when it's I say when I say solo tour, I really, really mean solo. Yeah, I remember him touring that and it being a good big for deal. you. Well, <laughs> it, but it was a big deal that he was doing these solo things. He was doing um, theaters. He was like as as they put it, small venues. Yeah, I looked up where they all were. Like twenty five hundred seats. Oh, they're all places that that Bang Bang yeah. <laughs> cannot fill. Yeah, <laughs> you know how like when we were when we went to England and we did this one place in London, it was so cool because like all the artists who had been there had signed like the 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 wall. Yeah, and it was like Rolling Stones. Wow. But then they had to put underneath it parentheses warm up show. <laughs> So it's wow. like, hey, don't think the Rolling Stones actually played this yeah, yeah, yeah. small of a place. But it was, a, you know, one of the bigger places I'd ever played at. Remember that show we did in front of eight thousand people? Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> and we didn't realize until we were on stage. <laughs> we, and we were like, how many people are here? And also, wow, we have to fill an hour. <laughs> what we are did we it. doing? We did. We did it. Um. Anyway, so Springy goes out. He does this solo tour. And um, he really enjoys it. And he starts writing more songs in this vein. And he goes back to the farmhouse and he records another album. Yeah. And then takes a look at it and is like, what am I going to release two of these in a row? Another like solo. Tom Joad. Yeah. 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 So he's like, fuck it. And he shelves it. Yeah. (laughs) Not for good, though. Not for good. Um, is this w- Devils and Dust? Some oh, we'll get there. Okay. So, but um, two things happened to him. This is like 97, Tell me the first w- one of two things. I'd rather tell you the second one first. Okay, fine. But then you have to go back and tell me the first after the second. Deal. Okay. Here, let's shake hands. <laughs> I just spit into your mouth. I meant to spit my hand. You just stuck your mouth underneath. Okay, all right, all right. Let's try it again. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Jesus, stop why? Stop putting your stop spitting in my mouth. <laughs> um. So two things happen. He sees these like young dudes on the street. Yeah. And they're like, "Hey, Bruce, we love the E Street Band, but we never got a chance to see them live." Yeah. He's like, "Why?" And then realizes they're like in their early twenties, and he hasn't played with the E Street Band in ten years. Yeah, he's they like, were oh, children. It's been ten years. He's sort of like, oh, it's been ten years. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. And he's like, oh, that's too bad that these this younger generation who yeah. wanted to see me never got to see me. And then the other thing that happens is he goes, uh, he sees a concert being advertised, 
Um, I presume he picks up the local paper, <laughs> the New Jersey Bee, <laughs> and sees a concert being advertised for Bob Dylan, Van Morrison, and Joni Mitchell. And um, he calls up his mom and says, Mom, Mom, do you want to go with me to a concert? <laughs> do you want to take me to a concert, Mom? Um, and she <laughs> says yes. So they go see this concert, and Joni opens. She's great. And then yeah. Van Morrison. Van Morrison's a big influence on, on him. Yeah. And then Dylan comes out. Bobby D. Bobby D. No, not Bobby Darren, as Oh, come impeccably on. played by Kevin Spacey in the biopic. <laughs> but um, Bobby D. That was out. one biopic everyone was just <laughs> clamoring for. Well, I love Bobby Darren. It's so funny because Bobby Darren, like, he has an interesting story where he had a like congenital heart defect. I never saw the movie, yeah. but he has a he had a heart defect. Knew he was going to die, and so just tried to cram as much show business in his life that he could. So he went through so many weird changes where he started out as a rock and roller with splish splash, then just became a Sinatra type swing music guy, then went into like Bob Dylan folk music. But the, the funny part about that movie is he died like in his late thirties, I feel like. And Uh I think Kevin Spacey was in his late forties when he made Uh, the movie. Anyway, I don't care. Oh, really? No. Let me tell you more about it, please. Um, so he's watching Bobby D and he's looking around at the crowd and he's like, oh shit, everyone's old. <laughs> this was just occurring to him. Yeah. He's like, oh, everyone's old. And it's like people his age, he's in his late forties at the time. Yeah. And he's like, oh wow. Looking around like, oh, everyone's old now. But then he sees younger people who are jamming out and he's like, oh, there's younger people. He's he's feeling bad about the older part of it for yeah. a minute, but then he sees everyone. Uh, there's like different generations, and then he just starts noticing like everyone is having a really great time, and even Dylan is kind of dancing yeah. and stuff like that. And and he starts looking around the crowd, and he suddenly it comes to him. He goes, "Wait a minute, I'm able to do this." <laughs> I'm glad that Bruce was putting all this together. <laughs> But it took a Bob Dylan concert and two two uh, hooligans on the street to say this. But yeah, he just suddenly realizes for the past ten years he's been like out there doing these solo shows yeah. and these like but he trying could put to on a big stretch. show. But he's one of the few people in the world who could do what is happening yeah. right in front of him and make an entire crowd like he's like, well, oh, wait a minute, I'm one of the best in the world when I'm yeah. w- at doing this when I'm with the E Street Band and I could do this. So he goes home from the show and immediately calls the band. Wow. And is like, can we get back together? Wow. The the there are still the like the little details of it are he he wants everyone to come back. And you know how Nils Lofgren replaced little Steven. Yeah. Uh he wants little Steven to come back. So he calls up Nils and says, Hey, I want both of you to play. Is yeah. that cool? And Nils is like, Of course. Yeah, why are you even clean? <laughs> like yeah. you you call the shots, you do what you want. But then he calls little Steven and I guess he has to have a big like hash out yeah. session with him where he sort of intimates in his book that he goes, Look, little Steven is hilarious. He comes in, he's got a huge personality. Yeah. He makes us all laugh. Yeah. He's an incredible musician. He really evangelizes for rock and roll and, yeah. and, and he's a pain in the ass. <laughs> sort of. He's kind of like, he, 
I think he phrases it, he inserts himself into band politics. Yeah. yeah. Meaning, I think what he's trying to say is he's a like, shitster. Yes, he's a shitster. And also, like, he feels like he has an equal vote to Bruce Springsteen. Right. And so he had, they had to have a conversation where it's like, hey, you need to stop. Like, I need to be literally yeah. the boss. Yeah. <laughs> the boss. Yeah. Um, I'm the leader of this band. Yeah. And you can't be coming in and. Yeah. And they have like a 45 minute conversation. And then ever since then, they've had the best relationship ever. Wow. I guess. That's interesting. So also Springsteen is like, if we get back together, it's got to be just fun. And I can't deal with all of your, I guess he has a lot of grudges about people wanting more money. Yeah. So he's like, you can't, I just, I just want it to be easy and fun. Here's the deal. Take it, leave it. Yeah. Here's what you get paid. Yeah. Don't fucking ask me for more <laughs> or in advance or whatever. He tells a story about one, he won't name the member, but it, previously when they were back together. You mean well, before this? Before this, like, yeah. Like during the Born in the USA or whatever. Yeah. One member comes up to him and goes, hey, I'm going to need you to pay me more if you want me to continue. And he kind of goes... I dare you to find anyone who plays the exact instrument that you do who makes more money than you do yeah. <laughs> doing what you do. And he goes, I'll save you some time. You can find that person by going in the bathroom and looking in the mirror because there he is. You're the only yeah. person who gets paid as much as you do. Um, and that's real life. And the guy goes, yeah, but what does real life have to do with us? <laughs> Which in a way he's like, He's trying to find his self-worth, yeah. but and Springsteen is kind of like, yeah, but I'm the leader of the band. But so he just kind of like says, no more of that. Shit. No more of that. This is what the deal is. Take it or leave it. Um, and everyone's like, hell yeah, let's yeah. let's do it. Can we guess who who do you think that was? Oh my god, it sounds god. It's to me, it sounds because Clarence. He calls up Clarence, and Clarence is like, where you been? You yeah. know. Max? That's who I would guess. I would guess Max. Yeah. I don't I have no idea. Yeah. Meanwhile, Max, by the way, for the past 10 years, we haven't mentioned it on a previous episode. He uh became band leader of the Conan O'Brien yeah. show, Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Yeah. For, from a chance meeting, I think, on the street with Conan. And has like this whole comedy persona, like it's yeah. like becoming famous in his own right. So he's been doing that for now. Four or five years yeah. or so. Yeah. And um, Max is like, yeah, great. And moves his Conan O'Brien schedule around. I think he took some time off yeah. too. But uh, also they sort of, Max is now sort of the second most famous person in the band. Right. So I think they scheduled the tour around Conan O'Brien wow. tapings as well a little bit. Um. But yeah, they get back together and they're they they book this like two year tour. Um, the other thing that happens right at the same time though is Bruce becomes eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and there's a big sort of discussion, I guess, with Little Steven about Little Steven saying, "Hey, Bruce, you really should." Be inducted as Bruce Springsteen yeah. and the E Street Band, and Bruce like doesn't want to do it because he's very proud that he's a solo artist. If you notice on all the records, they're yeah. just they're they're credited to Bruce Springsteen. It's just called their Bruce Springsteen albums. Yeah. yeah, and he talks about how he used to be in bands, and the day that he decided, no, I'm just going to be like 
my own boss. He was very proud of that. So at the time, things are still a little weird in the reunion. So he doesn't he doesn't lobby for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to induct the E Street Band. They all show up for him, and they're all like, "Yeah, some are pissed, and yeah, some are yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some are happy." They show up and like play with him, and everything. Yeah. yeah. But he says that the closeness, like they they got very close after this. Yeah, and he probably would have, you know. And in I retrospect. think they were inducted yes, later, later, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think at the time, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, man? <laughs> like yeah. this is our only. I shot. get that. I get that. Yeah. That would have felt weird. Um, so those are the two two things that happened, but they get back together. Um, Bruce is still... And this is a couple years before The Rising. Yes, this is yeah. before The Rising. So the other thing that's happening is, is he's putting together this box set called Tracks right. of all of the... Not all of the the music that he's he hasn't released, but four CDs worth of... Yeah. music that he hasn't he hasn't released and springsteen's sort of like well he doesn't want to become a novelty act or like a retro yeah. like greatest legacy hit, act. legacy greatest hits act yeah. so he's out there kind of going like i don't know what songs to play we don't have new material maybe we should just play stuff off tracks yeah and john landau his manager kind of says if you come out with your band and play your best music people will like it yeah and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, you're yeah. right. So, and people miss it. Yeah. Yeah. So they they rehearse at this place um, that they've always rehearsed at in um, New Jersey. And fans, like, for two weeks are kind of, like, outside sort of trying to listen and all that. And they're playing, and he's feeling, Bruce is feeling like it's good, but it's not exactly gelling. He yeah. doesn't know what's happening. And then the last day of their rehearsals, he's like... Hey, let all the fans in. Oh, interesting. And all the fans come in and then boom, it's like yeah. immediately great. And he's like, oh, okay, this is what was missing is like the connection. Yeah, to the it's audience. like the camera turning on changes everything. Does it? I think it does. So wait, you're good before the cameras turn on? <laughs> no. It's the, the camera turning on makes it feel like it's for real and, and it has to be good. Did you get another bite? I did. I've been bit three times in I'm here. I'm so sorry. What no. is going on here? Three the, times. I, I don't think you and the uh, mosquito are in, in cahoots in or anything. I can find you some uh, bug spray, though. No, I have no. some in the other room. That's all right. Thank you. Um, So they go out on this big tour, the, yeah. the E Street reunion tour. And this is what? Like 2000? This 2000? is 98, 99. Oh, okay. So this is like four years, a few years before 9-11, which is what? Kind right launches the rising so they go out and they do this big tour and bruce is still like and people are freaking out people I'm are sure. freaking out um bruce is still kind of like uh but i want to i want to make new music though so that we're not just like totally resting on our laurels so he writes one song before the tour ever starts um and let's hear a little bit of it this is land of hope and dreams by bruce springsteen Oh, this, how old is this? This song? I think this is like 98 or so. Uh-huh. This is when he wrote, he wrote it like the night before the tour started. Because it wasn't on an album till later. Till later, yeah. But this is like the new song that they would play to kind of say, hey, we're not just a legacy act. We're a, 
And this is a recording from back then. Yeah, from the live, yeah. This is from the Essential Bruce Springsteen. This is like the live version that they put out. And it doesn't have any lyrics during all this part that we're talking over. But pretty soon, pretty soon Bruce will start singing. And oh, he's singing uh, words and stuff. Oh, oh yeah. here he is. of hope and dreams. Doesn't Obama use this for like campaign stops and stuff? I think he did, yeah. Because um, it was on which album was I it I think on? it's on uh, uh, Wrecking Ball. Yes. Yes! 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 Um, but yeah, so they would play that I think most shows. Yeah, that's a good song. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm interested in hearing the contrast of the recorded version it's, as well. It's quite a bit different. When we do Wrecking Ball, we should... Uh, play them back to back okay (laughs) so the other song that (laughs) that he writes while they're on tour um is he writes a song called uh american skin 41 shots oh yeah this is about the shooting of uh i'm gonna butcher the pronunciation of the name but amadu diallo I think who's an African African immigrant who was shot by shot forty one times by plainclothes police officers. Um, he Bruce, you know, hears about this like everyone did, and uh, is outraged um, and writes uh, this song about it. This is uh, American Skin forty one shots. Shots. 
and we'll take that ride across this bloody river to the other side. Forty-one shots cut through the night. You're kneeling over his body in the vestibule, praying for his life. Well, is it a gun? Is it a knife? Is it a wallet? This is your life. It ain't no secret. for living in your American skin. So yeah, he was reaching for what turned out to be a wallet, I think. And yeah. That first verse is written in the POV of an officer. So he was sort of writing it. Mm. I think it starts as the POV of the one of the officers and then moves to the POV of uh, other people. Anyway, um, he writes a song, plays it, in Atlanta, debuts it in Atlanta, and they're on their way to Madison Square Garden. I think Madison Square Garden's in a couple of days or something. In and New York City? Yeah. Just making sure it wasn't a different Madison Square Garden. What other Madison Square Gardens have you come across? Don't be stupid. I think there's one in uh, on Mars. <laughs> I've never been, so I, I okay. okay I don't know. Then you don't know. Okay, sorry, sorry. I apologize. Um, so he plays it in Atlanta, and then the next day, the New York Post has a a, a big headline about it, um, where the head of the New York State Fraternal Order of Police—that's what it was. I remember uh, there being some fucking controversy. Okay, calls him a dirtbag, right. and then also something that I won't repeat here. <laughs> Um, which uh, the, I, I look it up for yourself. Yeah. I don't know what it means. And Bruce Springsteen in his book says he doesn't even. He's like yeah. looked for a definition of it. He doesn't even know what it means. Yeah, uh, but it's an offensive term. Um, and the police are mad at him yeah. for writing this song. Um, they ask him not to play it at Madison Square Garden. The police. Yeah. Um, and. So, but he's like, well, I'm, it's part of the show, so yeah. I'm just, I'm going to do it. So he goes and does it. Like officers come up to the front, flash their badge and flip him off. Jesus Christ. Um, and the police are, you know, like the security, the police officers who work security are all pissed at him. Um, they, they won't escort him out of the building. He's like, poor us, but you know, like they're, so everyone's pissed at him. Um, but then some cops actually do come up to him along the way, you know, after that and say like, Hey, thanks for, you know, telling, singing this song. Yeah. Cause it's not, he's not both sidesing it necessarily as he's just kind of telling an even handed story of this. Anyway, he, he gets an NAACP award. Uh, for it, which he's sort of proud of because he feels like he's giving something back to the community, which he wishes he would ser- have served better in his yeah, career, as yeah. he says. Um, and uh, those are the two new songs he does on the uh, on the E Street Band reunion tour, but he wraps it up and he's like, all right, the E Street Band is back to the edibles are back. Yeah. 
we can't just be an arrangement edible arrangement band we can't just be a legacy band we got to put out a good modern record or else why did we get back together yeah so when we come back we're going to listen to the results of they're trying to make a good modern record that's right a little album called the rising i'm going to get adam some uh, aloe vera and uh maybe some bug spray we're gonna come right back we'll be right back with more you spring and springsteen on my being after this as he felt the wheels touch down he stood out on the black hey you spring and springsteen on my being and we're going to talk about the rising. The right, not the Risling or the Riesling. Ooh, can you imagine if the album was called The Riesling? <laughs> it could have been made by the guys from Sideways. Just kidding. <laughs> I love those guys. All right. All right. So, um, so yeah, they wrap up the tour in 2000. Yeah. And, um, they go, all right, let's get back in the studio. So they get back into the studio, and guess who's back? Chucky Plotz. Oh, yeah, you got to have the Plotster. <laughs> the Plotster is back, and Springsteen and John Landau, they're all going to produce it, right? Right. So they they have demos. Bruce wrote demos, and they get together, and the, the edibles, they, they bash out like eight songs or yeah. something like that. And... Um, Bruce listens to him back over the course of like a month. And he says, this is a total piece of shit. <laughs> As always. And I think he might've been right. I don't know. I mean, yeah. he's like, they've never put these demos. They've never out. put these out. They're not even demos. They're like st- yeah. edible street band versions of rising songs yeah. that he and John Lando and Chucky plots produce. And he's just like, he turns to John Lando and he goes, I think I've realized you and I don't know how to produce records anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, we, we, back in the day, we were making records with what excited us and the culture has moved on rock. Me- I mean, this is in like 2000 yeah. rock music sounds totally different than the stuff yeah. that we were putting out. I mean, the, the, the East street band hasn't really put out anything since born in the USA and you yeah. can't, you can't do that production anymore. No. So he's like, I don't know how to produce how this. to make these sounds. Yeah, how yeah. to make this sound good. He goes, he goes, I'm I'm a great writer and I'm a good instrumentalist. And John Lando, you're a good manager, but I don't think we know how to produce records anymore. Yeah. So we need to we need to bring someone in. Or at least we don't know how to make it sound different. We know how to do that one thing we do. It's weird because I don't I think he's he's saying that it wasn't even good sounding for their old uh, sound. He was uh, just like this is so dull. Yeah. He was he was saying that it's like sometimes a band makes a record and they have a lot of technical skill and that'll get you through listening to it. It kind of feels like the Human Touch Lucky Town records right. is like you can kind of coast on that, but he was listening to these just going like this is just boring. Yeah. So, he puts it out there he's like is there anyone who would be a good producer? And this is where a young gentleman enters the chat, a man by the name of Brendan O'Brien. Yes, sir. 
Brendan O'Brien. Pearl Jam guy, right? Brendan O'Brien, record producer. So let's talk about his CV. Um, He first had success on the first Black Crows record, Shake Your Money Maker. Mm -hmm. He played a lot of, he engineered it, but he also uh, did a lot of instruments on it, guitar, bass. Um, Then he produced and mixed Stone Temple Pilots' debut album. And then he engineered a little record. Oh, man. Is this an episode of Are You... (laughs) What do we call this? (laughs) Are You Talking RHCP Re Me? Oh, yeah. I think that's what it was. From Aeroplane to the Zephyr song, this is Are You Talking RHCP Remi? The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things Red Hot Chili Peppers. This is good rock and roll of music. It's great to be back. <laughs> um, so good to be back talking wait, about my which, favorite band. Which album did Brendan O'Brien engineer? He, he engineered Blood Sugar, oh, Sex shit. Magic. Okay, bye. Uh, bye. Yeah, good album. Wow. Great up. Um, don't think we covered that in the regular series. Well, I guess we didn't. <laughs> so the the, the uh, Stone Temple Pilots and Blood Sugar Sex Magic basically launch his career where he's like an in-demand producer yeah. now. So he does all of Stone Temple Pilots records. Um, oh, I thought he did a Pearl Jam record. He did all of Pearl Jam's records. Oh, he too. did. Yeah. Did he do 10 as well? Let me look that up. Did he do 10? I know he did Versus. That's the one that I seem to remember. Did he do 10? He did not. Rick Parashar did. But so he did Versus he, on. He, I think he did Versus on, yeah. So he's. Versus is a great album. Yeah. It's like Ford versus Ferrari. Except if you take Ford and Ferrari out of there, <laughs> yeah. what are you left with? The Pearl Jam album versus. Is it weird, Pearl Jam? I know this is a, this is an episode of I Love Films. Hey, everyone. This is I Love Films. Welcome. This is Scott. And this is Scott. <laughs> and we're talking about Ford versus Ferrari again. It, it's, yeah. It's weird that Pearl Jam, they make cameos in the movie singles yeah because they've made singles and they contractually were obliged because they had made singles yeah um put out singles everyone who's ever made even flow had to make an contractually obliged but then the 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 movie ford versus ferrari comes out and they made the record versus but they're not in that movie they're not in that they're in yes aliens versus predator yes and they're, they're in Batman v Superman. Yeah, they're in which those, is a little bit of a cheat. Though they're in those movies, prominently featured in both. They're in the movie VI Wachowski. Yeah, because they they thought just, it was VSI, and then they got to set and were like, "Oh, well, we'll just be in it." And the director, John Batham, I believe, was like, "You may as well just have you guys in here, even just, though you're not famous. Yeah, yet. just come, come on, on in." in. <laughs> but they're not in Ford versus Ferrari. No, doesn't make any sense. It's Bullshit. That's one of those weird parts of film history. Oh, it's so weird. Bye. Bye.
Mm-hmm. So yeah, Brendan O'Brien, um, he's a big, uh, big producer. He also becomes vice president of Epic Records. Um, plays hmm. organ for Bob Dylan on MTV Unplugged. Hmm. Um, joins Neil Young and Pearl Jam playing keyboards on the tour they did together. Wow! So big guy. He he is kind of asked, "Hey, who would you want to work with?" Yeah, you can have like anyone you want. He always just has one answer. He's like Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, and people are like, "Oh no, Bruce Springsteen." They do their own shit. They do their own shit with Chucky Plotz. Yeah. And he's like, oh, rats. God damn it. He goes home mad. He's like, they told me I couldn't work with Bruce Springsteen. Um, But this gets back to Bruce. Over the years, he's heard like, hey, Brendan O'Brien wants to work yeah. with you. Brendan O'Brien wants to work with you. So Bruce goes like, maybe we try Brendan O'Brien. I don't know. Let's yeah. set up a meeting. So they set up a meeting. And Brendan O'Brien basically says like, oh yeah, making a record isn't hard. You just kind of like, you write a bunch of songs and we record them and then you go home and you write a bunch of other great songs yeah. and then we record them and we put it out. And Bruce is like, uh, it should be harder than that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he just always makes it hard. Yeah. And Brendan O'Brien's like, no, no, it's good. Just like, here, play me some songs. And Bruce plays a few songs and Brendan O'Brien's like, oh, here's some things I would do with it and talk to him. And Bruce, I think he, Brendan O'Brien says, like, what if you change these chords and no one had ever said that to him? Yeah. Before he's like, my chords. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, my chords. Where are they going? (laughs) So they have a really good meeting and they go, okay, let's let's do a second meeting. Let's try it out. Before they can though, uh, Something happens on September 11th, night, uh, 2001, rather. Of course, 9-11 happens. And Springsteen, I guess, like comes downstairs, kind of had a similar uh, introduction to it that I had, which is someone telling him about it mm-hmm. and him being confused. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he, he said someone who worked at the house they were in said, hey, a plane just crashed into the World Trade Center. And he assumed, because do you remember that... Um, the like single engine yes. plane that crashed into the Empire State Building. Yes. He thought it was like that again. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that poor guy. Yeah. Um, and he kind of flips on the TV just s- hoping, oh, maybe there will be a news story mm-hmm. about it. And then sees the second plane mm-hmm. crash in. And he's like, oh, holy fucking shit. This is terrible. Yeah. Um, and goes out there and, you know, it doesn't become clear to him until he goes outside and sees where the Twin Towers used to be. They're not there anymore. There's smoke everywhere. Um, Just doesn't know what to do. And then while he's outside trying to just sort of like figure all this out, a car passes him and these guys in the car like roll down their window and they're like, Bruce, we need you. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Which he says in his book, he... He's he's not saying like, oh yeah, I'm the guy. He's not Mark Wahlberg. He's not the guy who saved 9-11. Right. <laughs> you know, he's not like, oh, okay, I'll fix everything. He takes it to mean like we need someone to contextualize this yeah. the way that, that you can in, yeah. through music, because we're having a hard time and we need art to help us 
figure this out. Yeah. And he needs the same thing, he says. He's like, yeah, I get what they were saying because I needed someone like that too. Yeah. So the do you remember the telethon? The uh Yeah. Yeah. So that's oh, yeah. just like ten days later. Yeah. I didn't realize how close it was. Yeah. To 9-11, but there's a big telethon that like everyone plays. You got William Joel. Um You too. You too. He too. And um Bruce plays it and he tries to write a couple of songs in time for it and he can't. So instead he plays a song that he wrote about New Jersey the previous year. And I, I was talking to Will Hines about this. Yeah. Um, he had the same reaction I did because I watched the telethon too. Yeah. He had the same reaction I did, which is like, holy shit, 9-11 was just 10 days ago and Bruce wrote this incredible that's, song for that's it. What, that was my reaction too. I couldn't believe it. But it was actually a song about New Jersey falling into disrepair. Yeah. Um, the song's called My City of Ruins. It's an um, incredible song. It's We'll Be Talking About It in a Sec. Uh, it's the the song that closes out The Rising. And it's, it's, I think, this is sort of what led me into reevaluating Bruce Springsteen. Uh-huh. As I'm re- recalling it now, this I was watching the telethon and it was like, oh shit, this song's crazy. Yeah. Uh, this was like one of the first steps for me to go back. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was the same. And then like a year later, the album came out. Right. Yeah. A few, yeah. But I remember that, and I remember getting the album like two weeks after that. They put this CD out of of the telethon. Of the actual, yeah, the telethon. Yeah, and I got it because I needed to hear that song. Again. Yeah. So, that, and it's incredible that it wasn't written for nine eleven because it it's just it, well, that's that's what's interesting about the album because the album he he decided then to write a, a bunch of songs inspired mm-hmm. by nine eleven, but it's not like a nine eleven theme album. Yeah. In a way, because much like My City of Ruins, he's writing, like he gets the inspiration from things, yeah. but then they become about bigger things. Yeah, there are a few songs that are pretty... Pretty down the yeah. down the middle, but a lot of the songs you wouldn't even know, like... He, he also wanted to write a, an album that was filled with joy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like a bummer drag of an album. He says he wanted to write about just all of life, yeah. so... It's an album that has like songs that are about 9/11 but also songs that are just like about happiness yeah. and stuff like that. So that's kind of what he sets out to do. I'm glad that it wasn't just a 9/11. Yeah, theme yeah, album. yeah, for sure. So let's talk about the stats released on July 30, 2002. Mm-hmm. Did you get this record when it came out? I did. I remember I got it and then I was working on the movie Torque. <laughs> and I got it and immediately had to go out to the desert to shoot. So I was out in like the middle of nowhere in the desert, staying in this motel. And I had like two days where I was just sitting around waiting. And that's when I really kind of listened to this album. Reminds me of when Daft Punk's uh, Random Access Memories came out. Yeah, We had a desert shoot and it takes like two hours to yeah. get there or whatever. And we had to do it the day that came out and we were listening to random access memories on the, uh, in the car on the way over there. And then every single car that would pull up would be playing. Oh it. yeah. It's um, one of those albums. One yeah. of those that just everyone got that day. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so I I don't think I got this when it came out. I got yeah. it used later, but yeah. it, I was definitely intrigued uh, enough where I was like, oh yeah, I, I should get that record yeah. when it when it comes out. Um, July thirty two thousand two. How long would you say this record is? It's too long. It's too long. I think it's like five songs too long. Five too long. Interesting. Four or five. Yeah. Brendan O'Brien says he wished he lobbied for them to cut three. Yeah. And at least Springy was like. I don't know that we're ever gonna make another record, so I want to just put everything out. Yeah, they shouldn't have. Well, yeah, I mean, I like. I, we'll we'll talk There's about the songs. Great, as they, great songs, great songs. But Brendan O'Brien was kind of like, if it was just eleven songs, yeah, and it was, I think that's probably what it. Should and it have was been. just all killer. Yeah, it would be an incredible album. Yeah, but I sort of like the diversity of the sounds. Yeah, of the songs, but yeah, I think it's too long. Like How what? long is it? Like 70? 72 yeah. minutes, 70, almost 73 minutes. That's like way too long. Make it 50. I mean, this is when CDs are out, so people kind of expect albums to be longer. They were just getting way too long there for a while. There were no... There would be they, like hip-hop groups that would put like 25... I know. Tracks. But this album should not have been a double album. It should have been Titan. 11 songs sounds good. 11 songs sounds good to me, but there's 15, 15 tracks. Yeah. You ready to hear some of these yeah, tracks? Yeah, let's do it. Here we go. This is track one. This is a song called Lonesome Day. It's by Bruce Springsteen. So suddenly it's a modern sound. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it it's, sounds good. It's so, this is the first record I think that we've covered where you're like, oh, this sounds like stuff that could have been released yeah. recently in the rock genre, yeah. in the dad rock genre. I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, it's just all around you. There are a lot of guitar, which he'd, yeah. all, he'd sort of resisted. Like the organ was always yeah. 
kind of the main leading instrument before and now it's like chunky guitars yeah like acoustic over here electric mm -hmm. like it's all around and um Susie Terrell, we should mention, she's playing violin. Oh yeah, because Springsteen wanted to do to do the organ sound that he's been using all yeah, through the nineties. Yeah. And Brendan O'Brien's like, uh, "Dude, we got to stop yeah, using yeah, that yeah, sound." Yeah, yeah. So he's like, "What if we brought in an actual violinist to do it?" Um, and so she actually becomes a member of the E Street Band, yeah. Edibles. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just it sounds so good. It's it's two thousand and. Two and it kind of sounds like stuff like John Mellencamp had been doing since the eighties yeah, in a way, yeah. um, but it sounds just modern and not like the East the the edibles. Yeah, really, it's a really new sound for them. It sounds good. It's a great song too. I love that. Song. Yeah, I love the all rights, all rights, all yeah, rights. Yeah. Um, and uh, Clement and Clarence is in there a little later uh -huh. too. We didn't really hear from him on that snippet, but um, yeah, great song. Yeah. Lonesome Day. Lonesome Day. But also, it's about 9-11, but it's yes. also like a very hopeful, fun and hopeful song yeah. in a way, too. Yeah. No. Um, all right. Here's track two. This is one that's really about 9-11. This is a song called Into the Fire by Bruce Springsteen. The sky was falling streak I heard you calling me, then you disappeared into the dust upstairs, into the fire, upstairs, into the fire, I need your Into the fire yep. about the first responders. Yeah. Um, you Very know the, moving songs. Yeah, and when you see them play this live, the 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 whole section of uh, you know the may our what is it may your faith be your faith uh, you know yeah. that's live. It's very moving, but also also he had that was like the very end of the song, and Brendan O'Brien was like think that's your hook like yeah let's move it up and bruce was like i don't think so and then they moved it up and he's like, i love that they have it right up top but, but yeah. when it's more spare and just him at the top yeah it's great. yeah um did you see this tour did you see them i did this? i saw the dodger stadium tour oh, that must have been great i didn't see this it, i was still not i a, saw them earlier this year on that tour i was still not a like diehard fan yet yeah. so my, my story about it is i was at a party and BJ Novak was there and he gets like a message on his phone and he goes like, oh, um, 
I think I have Bruce Springsteen tickets at Dodger Stadium. Would you want to go with me? If, like tonight? Yeah. That oh, <laughs> like in an like in a, he's like we'd have to leave in like an hour. Do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we go and they're like amazing seats. I'm not going to say they were front row center or whatever, yeah. but they were through Bob Saget, yeah. who BJ was close to. And um, so they're pretty, pretty close for yeah. Dodger Stadium. And I'm like, oh, holy shit, this is, these are good seats. And BJ says to me, he goes, I got to warn you, I don't think I know a single Bruce Springsteen song. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine. I mean, I'm sort of a casual fan. We'll, yeah. well, and so he's playing, he's playing like, you know, darkness on the edge of town yeah. i'm looking over at bj he's like shaking his head he's yeah. playing badlands i look at him shaking his head rosalita shaking his head finally after 28 songs the very last song is dancing in the dark and he looks me proudly nods his head <laughs> <laughs> i'm like okay we found one you know um but yeah very very moving song i guess one story that i was reading about is that when after 9-11 happened, all the memorials came out about all the people who who passed away during it, and a surprising amount of them were huge Bruce Springsteen fans. Uh-huh. So he made personal calls to all of their uh, families, yeah. uh, which some people are quoted as saying, like, that got them through. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and he, he did that privately. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is the, one of the songs he wrote that was inspired by just him marveling at the courage of people who were racing into the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? I love it. I love that song. It's really good. Really good. This and is why again, people the, listen to this show. The, pro- it's for your the, the, the production is so, it's really terrific. and It's non-edible street band. It does not sound like them. But yeah. also when the band kicks in, it's like, oh yeah, that's the E Street band. It just, Near it's flashes just a different of it approach. Here, here yeah. and there of like uh, an organ will fade up suddenly. That's right. But it's not like there the whole time. And then this next song, Waiting on a Sunny Day, it's a, it's a new sound for them, but sounds unmistakably. Uh, well, let's hear it. This is Waiting on a Sunny yeah. Day. This is by Bruce Springsteen. Waiting on a sunny day. One of my faves from me the too. It's so good. It's so good. You know, like you get it. I'm waiting 
for a sunny day to happen because of all this tragedy. But yeah. it is such a, you know, good pop song, yeah. like hopeful song. And but it, there's a real sadness to it as well. Uh, inspired by Rockpile, one of my favorite groups. Huh. We, um, on our, you know, when Naomi got, and I got married, we put a gift basket in everyone's room when they got there. Still waiting and, on mine, but... Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> and put a mix CD like people used yeah, so to we, do Yeah, we've talked then. about the mix CD yeah, several this times. this was on that CD. Great. <laughs> Have we, we talked about that mix CD? Yes, and I want the track listing of it. You said that you were going to try to look it up for me. God damn, I, I used to have it, and I don't... Wait. You might have sent it to me at one point. Yeah. We talked about this years... We've been doing this show for ten almost years. 10 years. I know. <laughs> so we've talked about it, but um, yeah, great song. Has three key changes or something? Like this... They talk about how this is one of the songs that usually Bruce would throw away and people would beg him like, dude, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Can you put a good pop song on your record? Um, great song. So great. All right. Let's go to track four. This is a song called Nothing Man by Bruce Springsteen. Nothing man, Adam. Would it surprise you to learn that this was one of the songs from his Streets of Philadelphia album? Oh, he, is it? That he abandoned, yeah. Huh. Because you hear that you hear the that synth. Oh yeah. This is the one song on the record that has that synth tone that he felt. It's funny on waiting on a sunny day, that violent that like string section that totally could have been that same yeah. synth sound. Ask me um what's going on. What's going on? Nothing, man. <laughs> uh what do you think of Nothing Man? I like the melody of it a yeah. lot. Um, it sticks in your head. That said, this is one that I would cut from the, the record. Is it? Yeah. It's one that would be a contender for me, for sure. It's um, about a uh, suicidal soldier struggling to return home. I don't, I don't know that it's on theme necessarily either, you know? So it could be interpreted as a 9-11 thing too. Maybe, yeah. To me, to, but but I do really like the melody and I like the yeah. song. It's just one of the ones that I would go like, eh, if I were editing this. I feel like there are a few more I would go to first, but I hear Interesting. what you're saying. All right, let's go to track five. This is Counting on a Miracle.
by Bruce Springsteen. Oh, is that Bruce Springsteen? It's Not a miracle, Adam. Yeah, I really like this song. Chunky guitars. Did you get it? Mosquito flying around. Sorry. What do you think? I like it. Yeah. I like it. What do you think? I like it too. Not one of my faves, but I wouldn't drop it from the album. It sounds it sounds like something that could have been on Better Days. It could have been on Mm-hmm. Born in the USA. It's, it's a like, little generic for me. Yeah, but yeah, but there, there, the uh, there's a version of it though that if you went to see this tour as you were walking out, they played like a video of Bruce uh-huh. singing it, um, and this was the the photographer of most of uh, his 2000s album covers. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Danny Clinch. Oh, yeah. Basically, was like, hey, do, can you play me a song that I can record, like yeah. videotape? Yeah, and so. Springsteen like played is a totally different version of this. Uh, let me let's hear a little bit of Here it. Here you go, Skelcan on a miracle. This isn't different. <laughs> Let's play them back to back and see see if we notice any differences. Um, it's a cool version. Yeah, it, it sounds like, like a Woody Guthrie version. Yeah, it's cool. Um, just uh, uh, the sound from a video camera. Um, okay, let's go to the next track. This is track one, two, three, four, five. This is track six of 15. This is a song called Empty Sky by Bruce Springsteen. An empty impression in the bed. 
Sky, Adam. I like this song. Obviously, it's about, literally, it's about the Twin Towers, but it yes. could metaphorically be anyone's empty sky. Could or be. triple towers. Sure. <laughs> metaphorically, it could be about the loss of anything to yeah. someone. Um, do you like that song? I do. I this is. I would. I would definitely keep this one. What yeah. Do you, what do you think? Same. <laughs> Are you mad at me? No. <laughs> I think the only one so far that I would consider drop. It sounds like you would get rid of Nothing Man. I would get rid of Nothing Man, even though I like it. I think I, I put it ultimately. I I would keep Nothing Man just because of stuff coming up. So so there. So you'd keep everything so far. Uh yeah. <laughs> so me bringing it up. <laughs> Pointless. All right. Well, um, let's go to track seven. This is a song called Worlds Apart by Bruce Reed. Worlds apart, Adam. Very big sound. Yeah. Remember remember when you used to say that all the time? Very big sound. Yeah. It's just big. It's huge. <laughs> I've grown since then. <laughs> I I was never I, I always skipped this song because it was it starts so slowly and I'm always just It's, it's a six a little, minute song and it takes like a minute and a half to get to that. It big. was just a little ponderous to me. But as it gets going, it's actually 
it's pretty, pretty good. cool. Yeah, and, and this song was written towards the end when Springsteen realized, oh, he's writing about this big world event, and yeah. he, all he's written are songs about the American Ameri- point yeah. of view. Um, that is uh, uh, the Pakistani singer Asif Ali Khan and his bands. They're like doing it on an ISDN line from LA uh-huh. while while uh, everyone else is in. I, I don't know whether they went to Atlanta to do this or not mm. with Brendan O'Brien, but. Um, yeah, and I guess Brendan O'Brien was saying like I didn't know what was going on with this one, but Bruce had a vision for it, uh-huh. and I was just like stood back and he orchestrated the whole thing. And it uh-huh. was like, oh, holy shit! Yeah, I don't know. It to me, it's like it's not one of the classics, but I like it for the variety. Yeah, like it fills out the record. In yeah, a way. it makes it more of a complete statement. Yeah. but I can't say that I and I like it once it kicks in. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Would you cut it? Right now, it no, I don't think so. I don't think ultimately right. I would. All right, let's go to the next track. This is uh, "Let's Be Friends" (parentheses Skin to Skin) by Bruce Springsteen. You know, before you started, I was like, yeah, this is going to be one of the ones I would cut. But listening to it, I'm like, oh, this is catchy and pretty good. It's like a little Sugar Ray-ish. Yeah, I don't love that. Like, It's the only one that Brendan O'Brien didn't produce, and he does not like it. Yeah. but I get that. But I, I also- produced it? Uh, Tony- Loke? Tone Loke. Tony Loke. Yeah. <laughs> he shortened it uh, for his stage name, Tone Loke. Uh-huh. But Tony Loke, yeah. Um, Tony, was it actually Sugar Ray's producer? Don't tell me that. No, no. It's uh, uh, Tony, his uh, longtime engineer. Yeah. This was done before Brendan O'Brien, I think. Uh, Tony, I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. Toby Scott. Hmm. Toby Loke, as he's known. I feel like I could do without it, but... It's interesting. There's probably an 11 track version that doesn't need it, but it feels like it needs some energy at this yeah. point in the album. So some I, happiness. So and, I sort of yeah. like it, but yeah. uh, but it is slightly sugary. Yeah. 
has the the production is maybe not aged as well as the rest yeah, of the record. Yeah, that's my one issue. Okay, let's go to the next track, Further On Up The Road, by a man named Bruce Springsteen. Further on up the road, Adam. I like it. I like the like Bob Segerness of it. Yeah, or social distortion. It it's uh, it's like certainly not like the old E Street band no. style at all. It's like very crunchy rock. Yeah. yeah. Johnny Cash ended up covering this. Yeah, um, that sounds right about before right. Before he died. Um. Yeah, just like the, This is where the Brendan O'Brien Pearl Jam sure. kind of influence really take center stage you um, like it i do i yeah, like it yeah i do like it adam thanks i like it. i wrote it what it's mine all right this is the next track this is called the fuse f-u-s-e by bruce Springsteen. already it's your favorite <laughs> why because <laughs> of the Hip-hop influence? That's right.
What do you think about the fuse, Adam? I would cut this one. You would cut this? This is a song about uh, people who, when 9-11 happens, go have sex to feel alive. Oh. I now, wasn't getting that. Now what do you think? I'd keep it. <laughs> Place it first. No, I, I don't. You don't like it. You it uh, no. used very well in uh, Spike Lee's uh, film Twenty Fifth Hour. Oh, it great is great film. Yeah, but I love that movie. But weirdly, they they remix it, add orchestra, and take all the uh, echo off of oh, it. Oh, maybe that's why I don't recognize it. Maybe you'd like it better. Yeah. But Brendan O'Brien's like, why'd they take all the echo off? Maybe because it sounds dated. I don't know. Yeah. Um. What do you think? I don't mind it on a different record. I would probably cut it. But yeah. yeah. Okay. This is for me. One of the SCC's Stone Cold Classics. This is a song called Mary's Place. I got seven pictures of Buddha, the prophets on my tongue, eleven angels of mercy sign, black hole in the Dark, but it's rising. I'm pulling on faith I can see from that black hole on the horizon. I hear your voice calling me. Let it rain, 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 let it rain. Meet me at Mary's place. We're gonna have a party. Meet me at Mary's place. Mary's place, Adam. Cut it. Cut it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just because I said it was an SCC. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I like this song a Great lot. Great live. It's good. Yeah, it's it sounds like it's tailor-made to be uh, This live. is maybe also the most edible street band yes. sounding song where it goes ding, 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 ding. Like is the, it something that's been played live for years that they just put on this album? Or? No, he wrote it for this. Yeah. But, and, and it, in fact... It's about a celebration. They're all, meet me at Mary's place, but a lot of the lyrics are pointing to the fact that it's awake. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's what I figured. Because uh, some of the lyrics at the beginning about, uh, I've got seven Buddha. Or it's that's like implying, right. like it's some sort of religious overtones. I think Springsteen's intimated that it may take place in the great beyond as oh, well. interesting. Okay. Um, but it's a very joyful, like, sounds like it could, it, it's a 60s song. of just like, hey, go down to Mary's place. We're yeah. going to party but it's about people dealing with grief. Mm-hmm. Here's Clarence. I don't know. I just like that it's a sad song done in a happy way. Yeah. It's a cool, cool song. Always like that one. All right. Next up, we have four more songs. The Rising is the 13th song on the album. I know, it's crazy. So it's one of the best ones, too. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Um, this is Your Missing by B.S., a.k.a. Bruce Springsteen. The Boss. B.S., a.k.a. Basaka. 
mama's in the kitchen, baby and all. Everything is everything. Everything is everything. But you're missing. Jackets on the chair, papers on the doorstep, but you're not there. Everything is everything. Everything is everything. But you're missing. Adam, you're missing. Yeah, I think I would cut this one. Really? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I think it's one of the songs that it's about 9-11, but becomes universal for anyone who has a loved one that's passed on. Yeah, of course. I, I just, I feel like it's getting late in the album and we've already covered if we've, this ground. If we've tightened it up, though, maybe it stays. I don't know. Maybe earlier in the, I, I don't know. Yeah, I feel I like. Know. Into the fire and no, we're man. at this point we're like in this in the fifty fifth minute or something of this album. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's it's also just ground we've covered already, mm-hmm. just thematically. Um, well, let's get to one of the centerpieces of the record. This is the titular, the rising. This is remember how we were talking about um, John Landau thinking maybe they would title the greatest hits after one of the songs. And yeah, he was really saying, Bruce, you need to call your album the Rising because of this song, because it was like a big centerpiece track. Yeah. Um, this is The Rising Can't see nothing in front of me. by Bruce Springs. Can't see nothing coming up behind Make my way through this darkness I can't feel nothing but this chain that binds me Lost track of how far I've gone Far gone, how high I've climbed On the backs of sixty pound stone On the shoulder half mile line Come on up for the rising Come on up lay your hands in mine Come on up for the rising Come on up I feel like this song has three hooks and we haven't even gotten to the third one yeah, yet. Yeah, it's crazy. 
you got the come on up for the rising, which is sort of the chorus, and then the la la la's, which is a great hook, and then yeah. the rise up, which is coming. By the way, this is a Springsteen solo. It's a great solo. Finally, he's using a different guitar that Brendan O'Brien gave him, a different guitar sound. And since then, he's bought guitars like this because uh-huh. he's like, oh, this sounds good. Um, but yeah, we haven't gotten to the rise up yet part. This It's so crazy. This is so deep in the record. Oh, that's because, on My City of Ruins. Oh, the rise up. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I mean when I say three hooks. That's right. The third one's silent. <laughs> well, the third one's a different song. This is SCC. This is an SCC. But I'd cut it. <laughs> no, I love this song so much. And this they Back- never play a show without playing this anymore. I- yeah, maybe. Um, they played it when I saw did them they? Oh, uh, good. back in the in the spring. I feel did like, you know that I saw him at Madison yeah, Square Yeah, I feel Garden. like this comes up every once in a while. Um, I feel like in the days where there'd be two sides to the record, this would be the start of side two. Yeah, it's, its placement is bizarre. Very weird. Um, but he, Springsteen Springy himself saw it as like the start of a three-song close to the uh-huh. album. Which, I don't know, if, especially, uh, let's hear the second. There's been the, a few three-song closes so far. <laughs> yeah. This is the second to last track. This is called Paradise by Bruce Rose. Where the river runs too bright I take school books from your pay Plastics and wire in your keys The breath of eternity on your lips In the crowded marketplace I drift from face to face I hold my breath and close my eyes my breath and close my eyes and I wait for paradise and I wait for this one oh, got it. i and it's it's maybe it's just because of placement but it's just too late in the album yeah. to have i like the song it's just too late to be look the other the other part of it about this album is every song is a is a close to five minutes or over I five know. minutes to six minutes which makes it like a modern 2000s record but your last three songs are over 15 minutes yeah. and it's, it's just it's just a lot so this is this is a definite cut for me yeah um, but let's get to the last song. This is the, we were talking about it before. This is the song he sang on the telethon. This is My City of Ruins by Bruce Springsteen.
I mean, to hear this just days after 9-11, oh, it was very emotional. Yeah. Takes the chords of uh, People Get Ready. Yeah. Um, which he often sings while when he does this live. People get... He ends with it a lot. Like, people get yeah, ready, right. there's a train coming. Do you like my voice? That's beautiful. Parade. Yeah, I like this. I would cut it, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is one of the classic songs. I have to say, Paradise, you know, the thing that w- caught my ear is it's, the melody is kind of close to Sounds of Silence. Did you notice that? Oh. Well, how can it be close to just silence if it's a melody? I don't know. Crazy. There's also a song by Simone and Garfinkel. <laughs> uh, I love this album, but I feel like I would cut five songs. Okay, so which would you cut? I think I would cut Nothing Man. Yeah, me too. I think I would cut Empty Sky. I would keep it, but I would cut- Which one's Empty? How does Empty Sky empty go? Empty Sky, Empty Sky. That's pretty good. Empty actually. Sky. I would maybe cut Counting on a Miracle. Huh. I think I would cut- Worlds- Nothing a- Man. I would probably cut Worlds Apart. Yeah. Just because it's a little boring, but I like it for variety. Like, that's the thing. Sometimes the song- I'll be like, this is boring, but it'll work as palate cleanser. But I would probably cut Worlds Apart. If I was really being brutal, I would cut Worlds Apart. And maybe Let's Be Friends. Maybe Let's Be Friends. But I would definitely cut The Fuse, fuse. You're Missing, and Paradise. I would keep You're Missing, but I would cut Paradise, yeah. Anyway, that's, you know, look, like Judd Apatow says about his movies, you pay one price and you get 20 extra minutes. That's right. (laughs) Um, You know, like we're, we're paying... We can make these. Uh, this album would cost the same, uh, whether whether it had more songs yeah. on it or not. We can make these edits ourselves. That's right. Um, really great album, though. Obviously, just put him into a different conversation than he had been, especially in the '90s when people just really didn't care about what he was doing all that much anymore. Yeah. Um, but also, just unlike, I'm trying to think of other acts who like come back after a hiatus like this and totally just make their sound very modern i guess you could say the rolling stones always try with working with the dust brothers and stuff like that but they always kind of still sound like the rolling stones this sounds way different than anything he's doing and yet sounds very vital and modern and yeah yeah it's really great that said 
Cut. I would cut most cut of it. Almost. <laughs> um, well, he goes out on tour with this um with the edibles and I think they do a couple of years or something. And uh Yeah, it was a huge hit. Huge hit. I mean Did it win Grammys and stuff? Oh yeah. Brendan O'Brien, I think, won the Grammy for producer. Let's Oh, it's two. I mean, sold. It's double platinum. It went to number one on the Billboard charts. It's double platinum here in the U.S. Um, I'm sure it won Grammys, but I am not seeing exactly what at this point. But yeah, I, I do know Brendan O'Brien won the Grammy for it. Um, just huge hit, and I think like was one of these things where like adults at like Starbucks would buy this yeah you know what i mean like totally totally one of those those albums that adults at least you'd give it to people for christmas it was one of those albums that kind of everyone had yeah you know yeah everybody had this album yeah or two million people which is not bad that's that's the population of at least what the of america it's two million yeah Exactly. There's no more than 2 million nope. people in America, right? It's impossible. There's like 20 people in Canada. Yep. 2 million in America. Anyway, what do we think? One of, I, I think one of his great albums. Well, we'll see where it ends up on our ranking. Um, so you would think you would just keep this momentum going, right? Yeah. No, not really. Well, we'll it find takes a out. Big, big, long break. <laughs> we'll find out in our next episode. Um, that's gonna do it for us here we're gonna see you on our next episode until then we hope that you found what you're looking for bye